Hi, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and I'm here chatting with Nikki O'Neill. How are you, Nikki? It's good to be on the podcast. I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. I understand you're in you're in Southern California. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Ah, okay. I, I heard it's pretty warm there right now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sunny and beautiful. You know, I'm in Cape Cod and it's cloudy and rainy and cold. (laughs) Oh, it's the East Coast, but but I think it's so cool. I lived in New York for several years, so but I I never got to see. Yeah, I never got to venture further up north. That'd be really cool to do. You should. You should come out to Cape Cod. There's some good music that happens here in the summer too. Maybe not this year, but. Every other yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, nowhere this year. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, you have a great guitar vibe to you. Can you share a little bit about your background with guitar and how you kind of got into into the space you're in now? Oh, wow. It's a long that's, story, that's, probably. That's a big question. Yeah, that's a big question. You can break it down do, for me. <laughs> do, do I start with, like, when I started playing? <laughs> You'd be like, uh, I was born on... No. <laughs> uh, no, I, I can, guitar I can try hand. to sum it up. I basically um, wanted to play guitar at age 10, saw mm. all the guys in school. They were into guitars, and they were discussing records, and I thought, that is really fun. That's fun stuff. I want to be a part of that. But I had to wait till I was 16. So I was, yeah, begging and pleading for a guitar. And then when I got it at age 16, I pretty much locked myself up in my room. And my mom didn't see me for the next year. And, maybe that's why she didn't want just, to get it for you. She said Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I got obsessed. And, um, yeah, and I... Um, um, I lived, so I'm, I'm born in Los Angeles, but I um, grew up in Sweden. Um, my mom remarried a Swedish guy. Mm-hmm. And just to make things more confusing, she's she was from Poland. So we were this trilingual household wow. and uh, living in, in Stockholm, Sweden, and nobody played instruments in the family. I know my mom wanted to be a singer at one point and my grandmother had wanted to play guitar as a teen but they were you know eastern european and with that history with the world wars and russian revolution and things like that they just couldn't take lessons there was a lot of that kind of stuff that got in the way so i was the first one to to uh, learn an instrument as far as i know wow uh, in, in the family and um but, but they played a lot of records. So there was just a wide variety of music being played. Everything from um, Al Green and Stevie Wonder to uh, Dinah Washington and Polish cabaret songs from the 30s wow. and 60s and <laughs> Chopin. And it was just everything. And I think that diversity um, probably shaped me um, in my interest in writing songs hmm. uh because i was yeah now I'm, I, I i know i am kind of starting <laughs> very much at the beginning yeah that's that's things, great but because i'm but, sure a lot of our listeners kind of, don't know about you so it's good yeah to hear that. no so it was like <laughs> yeah it's you know very very eclectic music i was really into writing songs and and then when i got that guitar at age 16 um, there was the nice thing about growing up in Sweden was there was um, subsidized music education. So you could take guitar oh, wow. lessons and pay very, very little for it. We need that here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We need a lot of things here. But 
yeah, and subsidized I, and I know guitar lessons they, would be awesome. <laughs> I know there. Yeah, there. That was a really cool thing, and I know that a lot of people have talked about um, the amount of successful pop songwriters that have come out of Sweden, like Max Martin and yeah. and those guys, and 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 a lot of rock bands, and and um, they usually say that yeah, the the reason for that success is probably that a lot of Swedish kids got that free right. music education. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's what I did. I started playing classical guitar, but I was really into rock. And then I got into a high school of music that was um, kind of like a pre-college. So there's like 17 hours of music per week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how I, yeah, I wow, got... that's cool the foundation and but it was like really heavily into jazz and uh, I wasn't a big jazz head at the time but I loved R&B music and so there was a lot of yeah just all those cool colorful chords and things like that that I got to learn through the jazz study so it was it was a great foundation and and then I yeah I just kept on playing was um was there a good live music scene in Sweden too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was. I mean, I grew up in in the capital in Stockholm, so I mean, it's not like Austin or or yeah. something with tons of places to play or but um but it was pretty good. Yeah. So did you do that like when you were when you were a I teen? Did, did I did it I I did it a little bit. I think um as a teen, I had a lot of insecurities and I kind of, it took a while before I found my, my footing and my identity, what kind of music I like to play. Or if I, you know, considered myself being an artist at all, I had yeah. a lot of doubts yeah. about that. Um, and yeah, when I was at this school, there was a lot of people who already, they had parents who were professional musicians and, and so their path was already huh. like, given it's like yeah you're going to be a trombone player and right. enter the symphony orchestra because that's what dad does <laughs> yeah so it was very different for me because i didn't have that background and uh it took me many years until i became a, a guitar teacher myself and saw my students and what what role music played in their lives at home i realized that wow you know even if my mom didn't play an instrument uh there was still that great love for music and it was mm-hmm, constantly mm-hmm. being played and, and this great diversity of, of music um was actually you know yeah that that was a, a really important thing and um but but there were many things yeah back when i was younger that that made me uh, i was comparing myself to others and thinking oh i'm not an artist compared to these mm-hmm. people and so, so it just, uh, yeah, took a few years to sort that out. And, and I'm, I'm assuming you started on an acoustic instrument. So when did you make the move to electric? To electric? Yeah. Pretty quickly, actually. I did it after a year or mm. so. I earned, uh, had some jobs and uh, earned the money to buy an electric. And, uh, yeah, walked into a, a secondhand music store in Stockholm. And I was a big santana fan at the mm, time which okay. is kind of a little unusual because there weren't a lot of 17 year olds who are into santana right uh 
And, um, but yeah, I was a big fan of Santana and Prince. And, uh, so yeah, I picked my guitar basically is like, okay, how good does Samba Pati sound like on this guitar? <laughs> That's my criteria for, I didn't know anything about pickups or, well, you know, anything, a lot of it is about the feel too. How does it feel? It is. It, it is. Know? And I, I luckily, I must have like had some good instinct because when I bought the guitar, like all my classmates were just like constantly at me. They wanted to buy it from me. Oh my gosh. What did you get? So, I got an Ibanez custom agent. So these were the Ibanez Les Paul copies that came out where they, guess I, they did such a good job that Gibson sued them. Oh. <laughs> uh, and they did this like limited edition. Wow. And the one that I had, it, it was a sunburst and it had a ton of like mother of pearl inlays and this fancy Florentine neck that kind of looks like a mandolin huh. uh, or mandolin headstock. Yeah, very like trippy looking, like something Jerry Garcia would have played. Right. And uh, yeah, it's a bummer. I don't have it anymore. Oh, I see bad. them on eBay, and they're pretty expensive now. But it, it is interesting, like how your instrument like inspires you, right? So you picked out something yeah. that like inspired you to want to play it a lot, which is the yeah. Idea. <laughs> I've had several moments like that. I remember. Yeah. I you know, many years later, I moved to New York City, and I had the hardest time finding an acoustic guitar that could fit me. And in New York, there's, I mean, there's there's a fantastic guitar shop on Staten Island. I, I forget the name of it, but it's hmm. like legendary. It's like a big house, and you walk in, and there's ex- Collings guitars, and like, I mean, there's like greatest, you know, instruments. And I remember I, could, I just couldn't find anything because my hands are pretty small. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's nothing that was really comfortable to play. And then one day I walked past a, a guitar shop on Bleecker Street and this guitar was like, the door was open to the store and the guitar was right at the front and it was just calling to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was here. the perfect one. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you are going to be mine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's the acoustic that I've played ever since. Wow. So yeah, that's cool. it's fun when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I've owned a few guitars over the years, and there's definitely certain ones that they don't have to be expensive either. It's just something about them, you know. Yeah, the thing is that I've never been a big collector. I know people who go through eBay and they just get rid of their guitars and buy new ones, and I've never been like that. I kind of I have a few, and I've held on to most of them. So yeah, but yeah, everybody's okay. different. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Like, oh. Yeah, there's some people who are crazy about gear and are, are all over that, but I'm yeah. not one of those people either. I'm I, I keep everything, so it's gotta yeah, be, it's got to be a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might switch out pickups and, ah, okay. and things like that, yeah. but otherwise, yeah, pretty loyal to it. Yeah, so you um, you have some new music coming out, right? Uh, it's I not do. out yet, right? It's coming out this summer, or what's the status? Yeah, it's it's so everything's recorded and it's currently being mixed. It's a it's a full length album. It's called World Is Waiting, mm-hmm. and it's my second solo album, and it's a mix of. Um, I guess I I describe my music as soul influenced Americana, so I have always loved rhythm and blues, so. It's um, 
it, it's a mix of rhythm and blues. There's one gospel song there. There's a couple of Americana songs. There's there's a blues there, and um, I'm really excited. And and it's, I'm hoping that it it'll come out in August. It's been delayed, uh, so I wanted to find the right mixing person. And now I found. Uh, yeah, he's he's amazing, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got a bit of a family emergency, oh, so things have yeah. been delayed, and he had to fly out to his to his parents. But he's uh, uh, the songs that have been mixed; they sound fantastic. And he worked on Mavis Staples' oh, uh, latest awesome. album, yeah, and Ben Harper. So, um, yeah, he's got the right ears for you. Then he <laughs> does, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't underestimate the importance of the people you're working with having the right ears, producer, mixer, you know, master. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, and I think I always, you know, um, I, I think of when I, my earlier experiences, you know, when you're making records, you spend a lot of money and, and oh, let's see, there's a beep in the phone. Are you still there? I'm still there. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Somebody um, texted me. It's hard to shut everything uh, off in these work from home scenario. <laughs> oh, no worries. It sounded like a kazoo. <laughs> so, it was my phone um, vibrating. <laughs> yeah. No, I think so when you, yeah, when you make records, you know, you're always like, you want to do the best you can. You think this is my best material and it deserves the best treatment and, mm-hmm. and, and you maybe spend a lot of money and, but making records is a learning experience. And then you go back and you, you listen to something you're like, oh, wow, well, that mix maybe wasn't so good. Yeah. Um, or the songs, well, I've become better at writing songs or I'm a better lyricist or a better singer. So it's always a learning pro- process. Right. But um, You just but hope that when you look back 10 years from now, you're like, okay, I learned some things, but I still like that. <laughs> yeah. Every, there's definitely always a lot to learn it's yeah. just sometimes maybe it was like too much money was spent <laughs> the price tag for that was you know a little big but it's it's okay i i also think that you as you evolve you draw to you different kinds of players and collaborators mm-hmm. and sure. so whoever i'm working with on this album i probably wouldn't have met them you know, three albums ago. Right. Right. So, well, let's talk a little bit about who you were working with for, for one, I saw that you were in Memphis with Boo Mitchell, which is really cool. Yes. Can you share a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So, uh, I've like, I grew up with Al Green records since I was, I don't know, probably five years old. So I always loved the sound of them and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the guitar playing, his, his singing, yeah, just the the songs and the arrangements, everything, uh, is really formed my aesthetic, my musical aesthetic, I guess you could say. And so it's always been a dream for me to record something at Royal Studios, and I got the opportunity to play at Americana Fest last year. And when I found out that I got that gig, then I thought, well, geez. Nashville, Memphis, they're not too far apart. We got to, you know, book something at Royal. (laughs) Yeah, this is like bucket list. It's the dream. So I, yeah, I just, I contacted him and and booked a date. And 
I wasn't able to bring a band, so the song that I recorded, it was um, an acoustic, yeah, just me, mm-hmm. vocal, and acoustic guitar. So it was really sparse. So I didn't do anything with any like former members of Al Green's right. band or anything. But I, uh, yeah, it was a very cool day. It was a Sunday, and it was really hot. <laughs> and we, my husband and I, my husband plays drums with me in my band, so we went together and we went to Al Green's church, uh, the Full Gospel Tabernacle, and he was preaching. It was his Sunday service. Wow. So we checked that out, and he was going on for quite some time, like two and a half hours, and I knew that this, yeah, his sermons could take a long time, and um, I was texting Boo, and I said, Boo, I'm still in the church, and he's like, it's cool. Just get here when you get here. <laughs> And um, Al Green had played in L.A. in in May, actually exactly a year ago. It was like May 9th. Hmm. He played at the Greek Theater. And uh, I the band was just killer. And there was a guitar player in the band that you know, really jumped out. And I found out he, who he was. And we contacted each other, like, yeah, social media and then I actually ended up having a guitar lesson with him over oh, wow. Skype. <laughs> and he was like showing me Al Green songs and like his ideas for the solo that he had done at the Greek. It was really awesome. And he said, well, hey, uh, when he learned that I was going to go to Memphis, so you got to meet uh, a buddy of mine who plays organ in Al Green's church. So um, we're at Al Green's church, the service is going on, and then, okay, it's, it's done. It was amazing, Kick, kick-ass band, and you know, right. beautiful experience. And um, I introduce myself to the organ player, and I tell him that I'm in a bit of a rush. i got to get to Royal. Um, and he said, oh, I'll give you a ride. <laughs> so we, we jumped into his car. And he took us to Royal, and uh, we were a little bit early. And Boo Mitchell shows up. He's a little flustered. So he's like, oh, I just got to open the studio. Right. And so he opens the door, and we walk in to the building, and it's pitch black. And he turns on one light at a time. He's like, just follow me. So we're walking through these, like, you know, tight hallways and he turns on one light and then boom, there's like the gold records, Al Green. <laughs> and, and, and it's a time capsule. Nothing has changed yeah. there since 1973. Yeah. There's like wooden panels and shag carpets and like fire colors, <laughs> wow. yellow, orange, and red on the wall. <laughs> and he turns on another light boom, there's like the famous studio space. And it's like, oh my God, that's Al Jackson Jr.'s drum kit. That's Teeny right. Hodges' guitar amp. My my guitar hero, yeah. his amp is right there. Yeah, and, awesome. and all the master tapes and stuff. And then Boo starts pulling out the mics. And then it dawns upon me, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. <laughs> so I just realized the history, there's Ann Peebles recorded there yeah. and all these people and Keith Richards and... I mean, that's awesome. Well, know, now you're part everybody. of the history. You're, you're part of it. <laughs> I, I guess. And I had this little dialogue with myself where I was like, no, this is not the time to chicken out. You know, you're oh, yeah, here no, you can't and just, out. you know, you know, be present. And I, yeah, I pulled myself together. And I think that that edge and 
the yeah that slight nervousness it actually brought some life I'd love to hear more about sort of your approach to the album and you know your writing of it and what your sort of perspective was in creating it yeah so I was fortunate I had a band and um, there was a really good chemistry uh, great creative chemistry and so I wanted to capture that on tape mm. and so with especially also with this kind of more rootsy style of music I felt like the best way to record this is to have everybody in one room playing mm. together as opposed to doing a lot of layering uh, which I had done on my previous record then you know it was just me and uh, a Co- my co-producer who's a multi-instrumentalist and then my husband playing drums uh this has a lot more people involved so um sort of five five piece band and uh and uh, a number of guest artists so i have manda mosher on backing vocals i have three members from a band called jerry's middle finger which are popular here on the west coast they're more like on the jam band scene I like um, that name. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. If you're gonna have a tribute to, to Jerry Garcia, that's perfect. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're just such powerhouse singers. These two women, um, uh, Helena Janish and, and Lisa Malsberger. Uh, so that was amazing. And then Amanda Mosher, she's um, a a really respected Americana kind of mm-hmm. alt country artist here in LA. And, um, yeah, so we recorded every everything in one room with just a few overdubs, me doing lead vocals and and a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, it's um it's a uh, rhythm and blues and gospel. There's one like pure gospel tune. Uh, there's one track that's a little bluesier, and then there's some more Americana kind of twangy tracks and and it kind of goes from. Yeah, from a big kind of soul up-tempo number through, and, and then it kind of gets, it it finishes with that song at Royal Studios, oh, cool. where you go yeah. from big instrumentation to just me with an acoustic yeah, guitar. Yeah, very intimate, yeah. 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 Well, that's and, exciting. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. I, I, I love yeah. what I've heard from you so far, so I'm sure it's going to be well, thank you. really inspiring to listen to and... Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really glad to meet you, too. I've, you know, heard your name and seen your name pop up here and there. And Yeah, know. likewise. Yeah. I mean, I know you do a lot of great things for the you know, female music community. and Yeah, we're always trying yeah. to make stuff happen, right? It's a little challenging yeah. right now, but we're still trying. Yeah. <laughs> we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. So have you been, uh, yeah, have you been doing some online performing? I've, I've done it twice through uh, Guitar Girl magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote an article for them about the Southern California Americana scene because there's been um, an unusual amount of women that have really been in charge uh, doing everything from very cool showcases to poster art to uh, being publicists hmm. and so I thought you know this is this would be great you know story and then once the story was out uh, Tara Lowe who's the editor for Guitar Girl said 
do you think that they these artists would be interested in doing a show like you know facebook live show Mm -hmm. and say yeah absolutely that took like two seconds to hear from everybody and uh we're we're pretty tight-knit community in la so everybody's friends with each other or go to each other's shows it's it's actually really nice it's a very supportive yeah yeah, super supportive which is tough sometimes in LA because uh, there's a lot of times people try to start a community up and it doesn't work or venues close and yeah uh, plus you have a lot of competition for attention there's a lot going on there is yeah yeah. so but this is yeah it's just a very supportive community so everybody wanted to jump on the opportunity to play a show and uh, we did this as a fundraiser for um, a charity called masks for docs Mm. Uh, so they do yeah they they basically you know try to get uh, medical equipment to, right. That's awesome. to health staff. And and we raised $3,500 and wow. we had like almost 3,000 viewers. That's amazing. Yeah, which Incredible. is like way, way more than what we expected. So right. that was really cool. That's really cool. Well, thanks so much for checking in. Um, like I said, looking forward to hearing your music. How can people find out more about you? Where should they go? Well, um, my website is NikkiOneal.com. That's N-I-K-K-I-O-N-E-I-L-L.com. And all my social media is there. And also, if you're interested in learning guitar more, I have a channel on True Fire that's called Twang, Soul, and Rock and Roll. Cool. And that one caters to intermediate and beginning players who are into Americana, rhythm and blues, and soul. Uh, but there's also some rock stuff that I got there. But it's kind of all in under that rootsy, twangy umbrella. And, uh, yeah, and then I, I have my book that's out, Women's Road to Rock Guitar, which I think the print edition might be gone, but the ebook version is on iBooks. Okay. So, but, yeah, cool. if you go to my website, NikkiOneal.com, then You'll find everything it all. is there. there that's the hub. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully the album will be out in August. It's, yeah, the uh, looking at the album cover, uh, the designer just sent it to me. That's done. Until uh, then, the world will have to be waiting for it. They'll to... <laughs> have to be waiting. One thing I have to say, so the, 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 the title, I just because it might sound like some egotistical kind of move, world is waiting for me. It has nothing to do with that. It's a <laughs> it's a response to a song that I did on my previous album called "Love Will Lead You Home," and it was basically a commentary on the rise of uh, the racist and nationalist movements that mm-hmm. are, that are happening in the last you know several years in in the U.S. and in Europe. So, uh, so I, me and my lyric partner had written a song about that, and and world is waiting is basically. Um, a sister song to that right. one. Gotcha. So yes, it's not about me. <laughs> so, ah, so that's something much yeah. bigger. <laughs> it's something bigger than that. Yeah. 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 And uh, but yeah, it's you know I'm fingers crossed that everything with the the mixing engineer and his family situation that'll work out. Uh, that you know um, that we get all the songs mixed in right. time. Yeah. And uh, then it should be out it's in August. It's gonna happen. I can feel it going to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause all the other components are, yeah, are ready. Yeah. Just waiting. Awesome. Well, really good to talk to you and, uh, Likewise. thanks. Keep in touch. Yeah. Thank you so okay. much for having me. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.